I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Make It Cute. This is a super, super special episode. I know that I've been saying that a lot, but honestly, each episode just keeps getting more special. So we got to acknowledge that. I am joined by one of my favorite humans, Malls, Molly, whatever you want to refer to her as or whatever she prefers to be called um oh, I have I, no preference perfect um as long as it's all kind words because I mean you're just amazing and I'm so happy that you're here um but we are doing the second installment of this red era red Taylor's version conversation we're gonna cover so much on this episode we're gonna dive into the short film we're gonna dive into the interviews what that means for the future theories Red's Taylor's version. We're going to talk about it all. But before then, I, w- I need to introduce you um, to the listeners. So Molly, if you want to introduce yourself, you can. I'm going to say a couple words about you just because I love you and I um, am completely obsessed with you. She has a podcast called Trend Lately that is kind of a pop culture weekly update entertainment podcast. Um, literally, if you need to know anything that's going on in the world, that is pretty much your go-to news source that's just like wrapped all up into one um it has everything it's honestly amazing um and also she has another podcast if you are a lifetime movie fanatic you need to check this one out because it is called mother may i sleep with or speak with mother may i sleep with podcast that's what i thought based off of the tory spelling movie mother may i sleep with danger on my show you're asking your mom if you can sleep with the podcast you know what i mean i love that yes (laughs) that is so fun um and that podcast if you love long-form content 
I feel like that podcast is perfect um, because it gives you so much detail and so much like extra about the viewing experience of the Lifetime movies, which I think we're still bound to do an episode on on that one together. About I'm dying that. to do one with you. Yes. I mean, listen, a lot of people who w- listen to the show don't even watch the movies, which is always shocking to me because I would think that you have to at least have a, a love for Lifetime movies. But I guess sometimes like in about three and a half hours, my friends and I tell you everything that happens in the movie. Plus, we throw out so many wild theories. And of course, almost every single episode, I rant for at least 20 minutes about Taylor Swift. Uh, That is amazing. And this is perfect because the fact that you're a fellow Swifty, probably a more involved Swifty than myself, is just, I'm so excited to talk about this with you. But also, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the the dirty and down low scoop on you. Sure. Um, so I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up in Lexington, Massachusetts, but I've lived out in LA for like 15 years now. And I moved out here right after college to pursue comedy writing and like, honestly, just to make it big in LA, baby. Like I didn't really have a plan when I first started out. So some people might know me from like my Tumblr era, Back in 2008, some people might know me from starting Hello Giggles, which is a website I started with Zoe Deschanel and a friend of ours, Sophia Rossi. Um, I also wrote on the first three seasons of Two Broke Girls. And currently, I own and operate a podcast network called Solid Listen. And Miles is someone that I saw on TikTok. And every single time, his little face would come up. Uh, and, you know, explain to me how to make a cocktail that I would probably never make because it's like too beautiful, but um, that I just was so fascinated by watching him make and his sort of kindness. And I loved his voice. So Miles was actually like one of the first people I reached out to from the TikTok world about starting a podcast on our network. And what I really love to do is like the development process and the sort of brainstorming and creative element of it. So um, with Miles, you know, um, amongst our other hosts, it's it's about sort of figuring out what they really love to talk about um, in in a sort of unique way, like maybe retrofit it to a category that we really want to have someone in or, you know, certain themes that we m- know might work. And so with Miles, the idea of like a little bit of like pop culture and life stuff mixed with you know, one of his fabulous cocktails or recipes made so much sense. And yeah, you know, I think a lot of times when there's like food and drink content, it can be, you know, the big joke is always like the long personal story on the blog or whatever. And I just think that there's so many fun ways to enjoy food. And this, this would be just a great way to get it off the ground. So I love having you on the network. I'm so proud of you, honey. And thank you for being so nice to me. But yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, I had a chihuahua who passed away. <laughs> I always say that because I feel like I don't want people to think I am a cat lady. I love all animals. But right now I'm sitting next to like my 20 pound senior cat I adopted like a month into quarantine. And then my little baby girl, um, she's about a year and a half now, um, pigeon. She's on the bed too. And that's like my life. I work I'm podcasting in bed. I work. I talk to my cats. Sometimes I see my friends if I'm lucky. And I'm incredibly online. I I love that. And honestly, I think 
that last little bit was perfect for our transition because you know what that kind of reminds me of that honestly reminds me of what I imagine Taylor Swift's life is like you know know. (laughs) just always always grinding always like on the go talking to her cats you know just trying to see her friends when she can like uh, wait I, I have to ask did you see that TikTok that she posted with her and Selena Gomez I did see that yeah obsessed Obsessed, so cute, so cute. And it's cute because, well, what the audience probably doesn't know, or if they do know, probably is fair for me to point out, I'm like a lot older than you guys. Like Mackie, who I sent to to you um, last week, she's my favorite Swifty. Totally age inappropriate friendship. Like I found her when she was like literally maybe a week before turning 18. That sounds so groomery and creepy, but it's she was like giving all these amazing folkmore like Easter eggs and sort of like bringing up the Woodvale theory. And I just, you know, I completely converted my Solidlist and co founder, Nicole Matthew, also um, one of our producers on the show. And I was like, no one is going to explain these Easter eggs to anyone better than this girl, Mackie. She's my favorite Swifty. I love her. And so, yeah, Mackie, um, Mackie and I have a completely age-inappropriate friendship, but she it's an intergenerational friendship because she's just the best Swifty. Um, and all of that was to say that I am like, I'm in my mid-30s, dude. I was writing celebrity gossip and you know, all of that stuff when, when Taylor and Selena were first like forging their best friendship. And so I always, I, I look at them very fondly, you know, they would have probably been like younger sisters to me, you know, or something. And it's just so nice to see that they're still really good friends, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, but honestly, I think it, it's on it. it, It's sorry. I can't, I'm formulating the words. It's refreshing though, because we have like, these different I don't want to say intergenerational because I feel like that's a stretch but we kind of are doing different things right at different points in our lives so I think it adds a different depth of perspective than if I was just talking about it this or if Mackie was just talking about this or if you were just talking about this I think it allows us to all kind of like culminate our thoughts and bounce these ideas Yeah. And I, well, I guess I use also the term intergenerational because I really am one of those freaks that like when I was 24, like I had male, adult male friends that were like in their 40s and 50s and, and adult female friends who are in that range as well. And I think that's something that happens when you're all really online is you wind up meeting people that, you know, are, that are not creeps, you know, because some, sometimes you can meet creeps, but, that are not creeps that have very similar interests and are coming at it from like a same place of love and appreciation. And, you know, listen, guys, I'm not going to hide from my past. You cannot run from your past. Okay. As we know, there are going to be people who (laughs) are going to be like shocked by uh, the fact that like, you know, I think you and Mackie are very like respectful Swifties. I am a little bit out of pocket. I have some out of pocket theories. So I like, you know, don't hold my weird theories against Miles is all I'm going to say. And if you go and find more of my theories, certainly then do not hold them against Miles because, you know, I like to I'm I'm uh, I would never, you know, I would never speculate about pregnancy or anything. I just speculate about things that are so much more juicy than that. But yeah, don't don't blame Miles for any of my my bad past behavior. 
which I will continue as well. <laughs> Unapologetically so, right? <laughs> I mean, it's well, I'm apologizing to you and your audience, but normally it's completely unapologetically. And I absolutely will get into someone's comments where Swifties are like policing each other's enjoyment of the art. And I'll say, get a life, get a fucking grip. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I feel like I'm in I'm in that parental place online where I'll be like, get a grip. You need to walk away from the computer. I don't like how you're talking to this person. I I need to not do that. But yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally. Mm hmm. I, I love that. <laughs> that is that is awesome. And I, I guess like talking about Taylor Swift, I I guess that can just transition us naturally into Red Taylor's version. Um, I can't believe she did this to us. Um, I love her, but I'm also very mad at her because I was so emotional this weekend, and I'm just I'm drained. It, it's Sunday night, and I made dinner at like three thirty p.m. because I feel like I've I've aged. I, I needed the early bird special today because Grandpa Miles is going to bed. Honestly, it's it's past my bedtime at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just feel like I'm so emotionally aged this weekend and just emotionally exhausted um, in the best way possible. Right? This isn't like a bad thing, but I'm pretty sure I've cried about five or six times this weekend. You've received a couple of those pictures. Um, so cute. Of me in I tears. know. I love you. You're so cute. It, it, it's I'm a Pisces. What can I say? You know, the, Nicole the too. Oh, okay, that explains it. Um, <laughs> I, I I love our banter and our um, listening experiences, and the fact that we're all just like collectively obsessed with this. It makes the journey so much more fun. And then you've got the two Capricorns and me and Mackie, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's re- it's really great. Listen, I. As a Capricorn, I'm very, uh, I'm very into maximizing my ability to get stuff done, and that doesn't always um, come true for me. Sometimes I do, because I also have ADHD, so I go off on terrible tears. But I knew that the last thing I could like Friday was my first day off in like literally over seven weeks. It was like a lot. I was really starting to feel like I was going to go insane, and then of course I knew. Things were only going to get crazier. So my goal was to just not go to sleep that night, having cried so much that I was going to wake up with like a crying hangover. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I totally get that. I think it it was funny because if you look at the timeline of, of Thursday night into Friday and then Friday into Saturday, it it's just one of those things that we got no breaks. We had no breaks. It was interview, album, interview, album. Too much. Short film, performance. The only time I giggled was at um, Three Sad Virgins this weekend. (laughs) And otherwise, I have been very, just very sad. (laughs) Well, let's heal you with this nice warm talk. And it, it's it's okay to be sad. I know it's a lot. Listen, when I was like barely just like flickering my eyes open this morning and I saw you, Nicole, and Mackie were texting about this new music video that's coming tomorrow, I was just, I was in disbelief. Like I was in absolute disbelief because, you know, I always say something about Taylor, which is that she doesn't need to do any of this. 
I am also like a big Ariana Grande fan, for example. And she does such insanely minimal promotion that it's like, you know, I don't resent her for it, but I do take it to be like some I with her, I almost take it as a sign as a as a sign of like how painful promotion is for her, right? But Taylor Swift does what literally every artist could, but no artist does, which is make it such a fun ride for every single person, like deeply involved, but also for so many people just even tangentially aware of it. I still can't get over the fact that, you know, that YouTube playlist, because we can't see like actual numbers on Spotify quite this moment for Red, that YouTube that's the only metric I can really find right now that the 10 minute all too well had over like, I think it was like 6.4 was the screenshot I sent you guys last night, which is like, I think maybe the next biggest song was maybe red and that had like 3 million or something. But to see a 10 minute song just absolutely dwarf like every other song on this incredible album was so wonderful to see because I knew that meant that a lot of people were giving Taylor Swift a chance for the first time or maybe like coming back for the first time in a long time maybe they became a fan I think like definitely that older white man set was really won over by her with Folklore and Evermore and so that song has just been really like not just well received, but um, been taken in by so many. And I think that's really incredible. Um, What an incredible feat for her, you know? Absolutely. And um, just to follow up right now, the all too well short film was released Friday at 7 PM. It's already at 25 million views and it's a 15 minute film. So I, just to your point, I think that there's so many people who are either rewatching it a million times, which that's still impressive. I've watched it a couple of times um, or just so many people discovering this. And the thing about the all too well 10 minute version is it doesn't feel like 10 minutes. It just feels like this story that you're going through and it, it's so quick and it ends all at once. It almost seems uh, for me at least like you, I, I think I loved seeing her vision of how she breaks it up into chapters and how she breaks the song up into chapters, but it still feels like a sh- I, I still want more almost like I want an ultimate 20 minute version. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen, I, I've wondered, I think that she definitely retooled a lot um, before she re-recorded. But I, I do know that there must there's either dropped lyrics or maybe more. But I, I know that there were certain things she must have added after the fact to like fill out the song, because there's just no way even for Taylor that a a draft of a song that you knew it had to be whittled down is going to be like your best material. And I just know she wouldn't have put something like this out. Um, without perfecting it, especially because it's so highly anticipated. And she just did such an amazing job. I mean, I wouldn't even, yeah, I wouldn't even compare it to its like runtime. It's just such a, I don't know, it reminds me of, this is so dumb, but do you remember, do you know what Thanksgiving, that song Alice's Restaurant that they play on um, on stations, like some, in Boston, I think they always play it on noon. 
I think it's by Andy Guthrie. It's a, like a long song called Alice's Restaurant. It's sort of like this folky song where, you know, the the punchline of the song is like, you can have anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. That's the chorus, right? And it's about this guy who like gets into a crazy experience and he winds up going to jail because of like this and that and this and that happened at Alice's Restaurant. And it's like the song just gets longer and longer. And like, yes, a huge part of its listenability is that it's like a comedy song. And so you're listening to this very long storytelling piece, you know, that has a lot of punchlines and, and a very it was, I think, recorded in front of a live audience, the one that we hear in the radio now. But you don't you don't ever find yourself listening to Alice's restaurant and thinking, like, this is too long. It's because you're so wrapped up in the narrative of the story. And I think she really did that with with this. I think that even while so many people probably tuned in to like hear the tea or to listen. I mean, most people were saying, I was seeing a lot of Swifties, a lot of like big TikTok Swifties even saying that they were only planning on listening to it. Like, yeah, I'll listen to it once. I don't know if it'll be on repeat for me. And like, I just, I mean, it's like, I'm sure their story has changed since. Absolutely. And honestly, I I, want to touch upon a point that you mentioned was, the fact that she probably had to, like, you know, fine tune this and perfect it. One thing that I'm hoping that she does, because you know Taylor Swift loves giving us bonus content, um, and I'm alluding specifically to 1989 deluxe version where she had the voice memos of her like original demo recordings. Yeah. I want that draft. She mentioned in her, I think it was her Fallon interview, um, the all too well original version that her mom went up to the sound guy and asked if he got like that original draft. I want that. Uh, I want right. to see the the change and the growth. Cause also that was 10 years ago, right? That was so long ago and so much has happened since, and she's had time to process that I'm sure rechanneling those emotions was probably a difficult thing for her to do. But I'm curious if maybe those emotions were reinterpreted as she re-recorded. Yeah. Well, wait, Here's a question for you. I think, well, I think hindsight will always affect that for sure, which is another reason why I was sort of hinting at the idea in my mind that she maybe rewrote some of it because lines like, you know, your age will change, but your your lovers will stay the same or whatever. Like, I thought that that or your lovers will stay my same age. Like, that seemed like something that I don't know that she would have. That is definitely like a a nod to Matthew McConaughey's joke in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But I think that that was um, I think that's something that she probably wouldn't have written at the time. Like, I don't know if she would have had the foresight because he was he had mostly only dated same age partners prior to that. Right. Yep, I I completely agree. And then even to the, I feel like for me, the phrase, fuck the patriarchy is a little bit newer. Um, I know it has existed, but I feel like it's used a lot more collectively, like, and a lot more commonly now. So I'm curious if maybe that was a new addition, or maybe if, like, I, I don't know, because I, I sent you a, so for the audience, I, I sent Molly a text, and it was maybe two seconds after I'd finished listening to the 10 minute version. And in my search history, it was fuck the patriarchy keychain, Jake Gyllenhaal, like trying to figure it out. Like, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's another thing that I'm slightly curious about is 
were there almost like modern interpretations thrown into certain items? I mean, possibly. Listen, like I'm from a very like liberal East Coast city that has like always if you found the right intellectual circles or whatever, that was always something that was being like said and spread around. And with Jake being a little bit older, I think he's like squarely Gen X. So that could easily be something that he, you know, being from that small town in upstate, but like still very like sort of affluent, culturally aware I do think it's possible that he could have had like earthy, crunchy parents. I mean, his sister, Maggie Gyllenhaal, made the movie Secretary, which like really um, is about, you know, uh, sort of it's a it's a very um, it's a movie that's it's best watched through uh, the feminist film critique. eye, I would say. And so I I kind of do think he has this performative feminism vibe, and I'm not surprised he has that. I have two theories on that with Taylor. One, I think that either if, you know, if Taylor is like sort of as soft as she has always, especially at that age, appeared, I think that that expression would freak her out. <laughs> I would think mm-hmm. she like wouldn't even really fully understand what it meant, because if you guys will remember back then, back then it was not cool. To say, like, this whole, like, fuck men thing that we are all, like, you know, so gladly um, accepting now. Because I'm, it's like, oh, finally someone found words for it. But for a very long time, <laughs> it was like, it was like, you know, in, especially it seems like Taylor's life is very, like, marked by her father's presence as well. I would think that she would not have, like liked that but i also have a theory on taylor which is that she is so much more um sophisticated and into women's issues than we could have ever imagined so i don't know i mean it's it's um i'm a real back and forth on that one although i did know as soon as i heard that line that that's the merch we were going to get next so oh yeah it dropped literally like soon as soon as the short film or even before the short film dropped i feel like we had that ready to go and I knew that, like, on Etsy, if Taylor didn't drop that keychain herself, that all the Etsy shops would probably have it, like, within the end of the weekend. So, Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she tried to copyright it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, I guess to the the notion of Red, Taylor's version of the album, what was your favorite re-recorded song? Okay. So... The way that I've listened to the way that I went through my listen was that I started with all too well 10 minutes version because Nicole was going to go to bed. She's on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast. And so she could only really do one song. And I was like, well, of course, I'll listen to all too red um, 10 minute version with you. Um, If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I haven't listened to every single one of the re-recorded songs yet because I know them. So I'm like planning to enjoy them maybe when I have um, a chance to to breathe. Um, but I loved all the uh, the new ones. I mean, unbelievable. I think I one one song that I really enjoyed and I think Mackie called this one out too was um, the one with um, oh my God, what's the one? She has a guy on it on this one now. Ooh, um. I'm trying to remember. I know that we've 
talked about quite a couple songs. Um, the ones that had features were Run oh, and The Last Time. The Last Time. Oh, the one with the guy from Snow Patrol. Yeah, that was really great. Oh yeah, and that I mean that was a re-recorded song too, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the I, vault. For the vault, I really was obsessed with I mean, I think the vault is some of her best work on this album. Uh, absolutely. Um, I really loved the Phoebe Bridgers track. I loved Message in a Bottle. I loved um Run and I loved the very first night. Those are all amazing and I completely agree. I think for me, so evidently all too well, like the actual like re-recorded version, it now doesn't hit the same as I thought it would. Um I know. since we have the 10 minute version. I so know. I thought that was gonna be my favorite. Um but I think this is going to be such an unpopular opinion, but I think I have to like give some background. I really like the re-recorded version of Stay, Stay, Stay. Um, Stay Times 3 is usually people's <laughs> least favorite Taylor Swift song in general. Um, but I feel like that she did something different. And I'm not saying it's my favorite, but I do have to give like an honorable mention to it because I think it had a glow up since the original recording. Oh, um, yeah. I think some, some songs for me actually had a slight glow down. And I think one of those songs is I Knew You Were Trouble. I loved that song when it first came out. But I think the re-recorded version, I there's something slightly different with the mastering, which I, I totally get is kind of like the legal purpose of it. But I feel like the original version still just has this like place in my heart where I can hear like the very minute difference um out of the vault songs um babe I mean babe it, it's funny because I think I texted you yes I loved babe when it first came out um because she didn't release it on her album she released it with Sugarland yeah. um so I remember listening to babe and I was like wait the song sounds so familiar and I was like I used to bump this shit all the time like I used to listen to this all the freaking time. Message in the Bottle, um, absolutely amazing, iconic. And this is a hot take, and I'm curious about your um, opinion on this, because this person was also in the news all weekend. Someone tweeted that Message in a Bottle and um, Stars Are Blind has the same energy. Oh, yes, actually. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I heard it. I don't know. I told you guys this, but they're playing it on kiss FM out here. I wonder if they're even, if she's even going to be doing regular like singles with this. That would, that would be amazing. And I think message in a bottle has to get a a music video. Like I I think that's definitely going to be like one of the songs that is kind of like promoted. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why she maybe thought it didn't have a place on this record, but it's just so fun. And it's also scary um, to think about how many bops she has. Like, I mean, God, reputation. Like, you guys are going to have to put me in jail for, like, a month after. It's going to be a nightmare. I apologize. I So I haven't been super, like, merch heavy on this um, run. But the rep era is very much my current aesthetic. Like, just my aesthetic in general in life. And I'm afraid for my wallet. Mm. Um, if I don't buy a record player by then, that'll be the album that coaxes me to. You have to. I want that on vinyl. And yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Rep, 1989, 
I'm going to need to be put on a sailing drip because that's going to be such a fun album and I'm going to drink so much to it and I'm just going to have the best time whenever that album comes out. We have to get you. We're going to get your numbers up so that by the time 1989 comes out, we have an IV drip sponsor for you. Yes, absolutely. Tell your friends to listen to Make It Cute. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Miles needs your help. But it's one of those things that 1989, I'm going to literally like, I don't even know. That album is, I, I talked about it last week or it wasn't even last week. We released the episode like a couple days ago. Um, my timetable's all messed up, but I talked about it on the first portion of the Red um, Era episode that 1989 was kind of my converter era into becoming a Swifty. That was the first album that I had physically went out and purchased and all of that. So that's going to kill me. And then, like I said, I am in total agreement with you with Reputation. That album is going to, if it's, I want more like king of my heart type of vibe like those big stadium anthem type of vibes i'm so excited like i'm i'm gonna die (laughs) also i'm like the biggest dress stan like i think dress is like one of well it's a very it's a very racy song taylor but also i just think it's like such a gorgeous song it's absolutely gorgeous i don't know i think reputation is honestly one of her best records and i'm shocked that it wasn't nominated for more for anything. I completely agree. I I agree. And I, I guess speaking of just different eras, do you have any speculation of what's coming next? Like Enchanted is currently uh, trending on TikTok. So some people think maybe Speak Now is in the works. She already released Wildest Dreams, Taylor's version. So that's a nod to 1989. Um, what do you think? Where do you think we're going? Okay, so... I think that we're I think that we're not going to get 1989 until like summer, spring summer of next year because it's just it's not like a winter album and I think that she really does obviously she's obsessed with seasons. And so I don't think she's going to release a summer album next. Um 1989 is also arguably one of her biggest records ever so I kind of do feel like speak now is going to be coming next although you know she she kind of she likes to mess with our minds a bit right like I feel like when that she did that Stephen Colbert interview when she had that collage and she was pointing at all these different things on the collage that like were it was a big easter egg sandwich like that definitely felt like um that definitely felt like uh, like 1989 is coming next, but I kind of think that she does a I kind of think that she does a mixture of like hinting to what songs she's currently recording or what eras she's currently re-recording or um you know but like the purple price on her website when she put up the signed red CDs was like 2010 in purple font, which is similar to what she did with 1989 for the price of the signed fearless copies. So I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what this crazy bitch is up to, to be honest with you. <laughs> I have no, I would be lying, but she can't do rep until she can't do rep until uh like 
spring 2022. And I think, but I do think she is saving debut for last because it's like quite literally called Taylor Swift. And I think she wants to like, like fully like reown her name, you know? I, I love that theory. And are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I agree. I think 1989 might be next. Because the thing is, she hinted at Red, or she announced Red five minute, five months in advance, right? So we we had a time frame, and right now she's not going to announce a new album like just as Red just dropped. But a couple weeks from now, arguably, if she was to announce 1989, that could be a May or June release date. So that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, it's um. I don't know. This is kind of crazy to say, but I do think TS10 is like done. And I do think that, I don't know. I can't decide whether or not I think she'll put out another original album before she finishes the re-records. But at the same time, at, at the rate she's been creating, like I would be surprised if she could hold herself back from re-releasing or from releasing a brand new album. Um, and like, you know, the Easter eggs, some of the Easter eggs kind of imply that, you know, I'm still seeing some sense of Woodvale out there. And I very much, you know, I very much am um, always hoping to stay in in that era of Folkmore and Evermore. And, you know, I know that especially like older Swifties are very precious about this, but like, it's a good thing that more people are starting to like Taylor Swift and those albums did a lot for her. Like, can you imagine that she even needs anything done, like anything left to need to be done for her? But like I, she, uh, I think it really helped a lot. And I really thought it was just some of the most amazing music she's ever made. Like Coney Island, I think is probably like my top two are all too well, 10 minute version and Coney Island probably. And for me, it's Willow and all too well, 10 minute version. So I, I feel that because I was just talking about, I love Willow. Um, it is probably going to be my number one played song on my Spotify wrapped, which is coming out in a couple weeks. Um, you and my chiropractor's assistant. 
Willow? Yeah, she every time I come in, she's like, I like that one song, Willow. And like every time I'm like waiting for her to tell me again, like it's new information. Anyway, that's just an inside joke with myself. I should have kept that in. Oh, no, I love that. I But I love that song. I'm just completely obsessed. I think it just this. So I, I guess the background is I'm a big uh, Fleetwood Mac and like Stevie Nicks fan. So that. Willow almost seems like I I don't think it actually has like anything to do but it almost seems like a homage like it almost seems like a nod to like the type of music that they put out and like the the witchy vibes and all of that so I I just I love that song but I I I agree agree. I agree those albums were so good and also just another like potential easter egg so there's an account on TikTok that's floating around called absolutely not taylor swift Mm -hmm, i follow (laughs) i i follow too i I was i i got really afraid when i wasn't within the first thirteen thousand followers because it had thirteen thousand followers and then it looked like it wasn't accepting anyone after um but if you notice that account only follows 89 follower uh people i mean that makes so much sense i mean listen i don't know when she has the time. Like, it kind of freaks me out. Like, it seemed like she was liking TikToks up until the show started on SNL last night. Like, I am actually freaked out about the amount of energy she has, um, especially as someone who even casually enjoys a drink. Because that girl, I mean, I think Miss Taylor likes to throw him back. And she's waking up every day and destroying records um, and, and liking a million TikToks and stalking all of us online just as bad as we stalk her. Um, yeah, I, I think, it, I yeah, it freaks me out. I think it's probably her. Wait, Miles, I'm old. Do you mind if I get up to pee? Yeah, go ahead. Give me like a little five or like a two-minute break. Who am I kidding? It doesn't take me five minutes to pee. I'll be right back. That's fine. I'm actually going to go into the recipe um, while you're gone. Oh. Is that cool? Heaven, yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. So since it's just us just hanging out right now, we always do a recipe on the show. So I wasn't going to leave y'all hanging. If you follow me on TikTok, I posted a video about uh, Taylor Swift's interview from Jimmy Fallon. And it was this line game where there was these boxes and... She picked one and three, and I mentioned that in my TikTok. But the snippet of the interview I posted was Taylor describing an item, and she said, it's a Wizard of Waverly's Place DVD with a weird icy corn um, ribbon around it. So Molly sent me a text, and she's like, oh, you should probably do something with corn. And I was like, absolutely. So I was like, what's kind of like corn? What's spicy, like red and like kind of like the fire in her eyes during her all too well 10 minute performance. And I came up, well, it's not like completely like I didn't invent this, but I got inspiration from Mexican street corn and like a nice little elote type salad. And we're going to make it easy. We're going to use everything but the elote from Trader Joe's. So if you don't have that, pick it up. It's like a dollar. Um, anyways, this is the recipe. So what you're going to do is you are going to get, you can either get your corn like roasted, like pre-roasted, or you can get it and roast it yourself. But we're going to get some roasted corn, just the kernels, no need for the cob. Um, and we are going to add that to a bowl. We're going to follow that up with a little bit of mayo, 
a little bit of sour cream. Also, measurements will always be in the description of the episode, so don't worry. Don't don't fret your little head. I'm just telling you how to make it. You're going to add in sour cream, mayo, and then you are going to give that a little bit of a mix. I'm going to chop up some cilantro, and then I'm going to do jalapenos. You can do pickled or you could do fresh. People like different flavors. If you want, keep the seeds in. Don't be a wimp. If you want to be a wimp, take out the seeds. All up to you to choose your adventure type recipe. I like the spice and I like hurting myself. And that's why I watched the All Too Well short film 14 times this week. I'm kidding. It was only seven. But nonetheless, I do like the pain. So I'm going to keep the seeds in. You're going to give that a little mix. You're going to get some cotija cheese. I love cotija. It's just such a fun word to say. Um, it's traditional Mexican street corn. You're going to sprinkle that all over. You're going to get some paprika. Sprinkle that over for some color because we all know paprika is for color. It doesn't do anything else. And then you're going to add some salt and pepper to that. And you're going to sprinkle in your everything but the elote. It's also going to have a little bit of cotilla. It's going to have some cayenne. It's going to have a little bit of salt. So don't go too heavy handed on the salt, but it's going to add beautiful flavor, smokiness, color. And then you can serve that. Take it to your next potluck or your next friend's giving and you can say that it was taylor swift red inspired also speaking of food this was not my idea but if you guys have seen that tiktok i was obsessed this one guy did a charcuterie board for red taylor's versions i loved that not to interrupt no i'm so happy that you're back um i i loved it it was i was obsessed it was so clever Normally, I'm like, I don't, this is like, I'm like, you didn't even do good puns. Like, why bother? No, this guy like nailed it. I actually like laughed out loud at several of them. It was perfect. And by the way, Miles, again, not to go on another tear. I am so proud of you for taking my note. I was watching some Lifetime movie where Tori Spelling had like a lot of corn in her refrigerator. And I was like, oh, Miles, like you should make a corn salad. I forgot how I brought it up exactly. But I love that you did this because remember Taylor Swift, especially, you know, introducing some Mexican fare, Taylor Swift didn't eat a burrito until she was like 27. So in some ways for younger listeners, especially those who haven't eaten a burrito, this is like some great advanced education you're offering. Oh my God. Yes. I, (laughs) I completely forgot about that. Um, and I love that. I feel like celebrity, I, maybe I should do like an episode, not about scandal per se, but f- celebrity food scandal. Cause like, remember whenever Ariana Grande licked the donut or something and like the whole like yeah. Demi and like Froyo thing. I, I feel like there's some, there, there's some content to be talked about there. <laughs> it's interesting though. Cause like, I get it. Like growing up in Massachusetts and then moving out to California, I truthfully, I never saw sushi. Like, I mean, I seen it, but like, I never ate sushi until I came to California. Like I just didn't, or like really great Mexican. We just didn't have it. So like, I feel like between Pennsylvania and Nashville, it's quite possible that a burrito simply just never made its way across Taylor Swift's plate. I would say if Taylor, I knowing where Taylor grew up, because I'm also from Pennsylvania, knowing where she grew up, yes, I completely agree. I think that it's not, at least it wasn't back then, a super diverse culture. Like, I got my first Mexican food restaurant that was, like, authentic in my hometown in the suburbs of Pittsburgh in the 2010s. Um, yeah. So the only other type of Mexican slightly cuisine that I knew was Mad Max. Um, 
The only but, food I've like seen Taylor like enthusiastically throughout the years, like whether she's leaving this type of restaurant in a you know paparazzi pic or going to this type of restaurant, she loves steak. Our girl loves some steak outside of baked goods. Taylor is a total steak head, and I appreciate that. Absolutely, and also just another one of my favorite Taylor Swift moments: um, the bananas. After her surgery, of course, I I personally do not like bananas. So, I'm in a moment of weakness. I can't imagine going for one, and that's sort of the excitement of being a Taylor Swift fan. Because just when you think she's the most relatable person on the planet, all of a sudden she's eating bananas. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I, I guess my not final. I don't want to use the word final because that sounds like I'm like just ending it, but. I was just curious, what other thoughts do you have about this era, this album, all the content we received around it? Was there anything that you were expecting that didn't happen? Was there anything that you predicted that did happen? Um, I, I guess just give me give me some tea. Well, I guess the number one thing I expected was that she is even crazier than I thought. Um, the one thing that, you know, I keep thinking about when I think of Red is that when Red came out, I was probably like maybe 25 and there was this guy that had sort of like wormed his way into my life and he was older. He had a lot more experience than me. And I remember just like he was so emotionally manipulative with me, like to the point that my roommate told me that like she didn't feel comfortable with him in the house. Like it was like kind of that thing. And um, I remember when we were sort of like going through the throes of like just like disassociating ourselves from each other. Um, Red had just come out and we are never getting we are never, ever getting back together had just come out. And. He said something to me. He's like, God, he's like, you're like Taylor Swift, like out here, just like, you know, like talking shit about men and being like so extremist. And I was like, like, no, I'm not like that. And I think one thing that I look back on now as like a fully formed adult, like, I don't think I was really, I mean, I really was like kind of behind the curve in a lot of ways. Um, like just, you know, I still am very like naive and see the best in everything in the world. And when someone reveals that something about it might be evil or sinister or um, insidious in any way, I'm very like, wait, what? Oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm very like, are you, are you shitting my dick? Like, I'm very like surprised very easily um, by some stuff like that. And when I look back, it's just so funny that like that insult was thrown at me by like one of them. It was like, quote unquote, an insult that was thrown at me by like one of the most manipulative men that I've ever met in my life, like point blank, period, not even like just that I've been with, but like, out of everyone I've ever known who's been in a relationship, this guy was one of the most manipulative and like disturbing individuals I've ever met. And it's so it just bums me out. It saddens me so much that even then, like with my own internalized misogyny and, and not understanding, I was like, I'm not like that. I, And the thing is, is like there's nothing wrong with being like that. Um, something I mentioned on Trend Lightly today is that people, you know, love to throw mud at Taylor and say, like, she writes about all these relationships. It's so irresponsible. And it's like, 
Oh, I don't know. Do you remember when like Paul McCartney wrote one of the most beloved songs of all time? That's basically like, and then we, that we all know it's all about, which is a song he wrote for John Lennon's son, who John had basically like emotionally abandoned called Hey Jude. And I don't ever see anyone calling like Paul McCartney, like a dirty mudslinger. And, you know, again, we have to remember as much as like she's had fun. And this is, again, where I start to think like, oh, my God, there was some sort of like PR deal there with her and Jake Gyllenhaal. And that's why to this day he doesn't push back on all of the, you know, sort of like fanfare or hatred he receives. Um, It's, you know, I think that like she does not we've all decided in a very harsh way that this song is about Jake Gyllenhaal and that there is no other option. And like, I, I really just, dis- I think I disagree with that. I think that she's letting us think that it's Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think that it might've even probably could have been, but I think that a lot of Taylor's songs are nothing about, you know, they're not about what we assume. I think that she has a life of complex experiences. And if she's shown us anything, it's that she's a very complex individual with like a deep sense of empathy and big feelings and all of that's good. And red is, you know, just a slightly, you know, it's less fairy tales. It's slightly more grown up. And she's, you know, clearly at 22 years old, she had started to see a lot of harsh realities of of the world. And um, I don't know. I I just, I, I appreciate her so much more. Um, And I think that this, you know, I saw some poor girl on TikTok today who'd just gotten her wisdom teeth out and she was like bawling her eyes out about how unfair it is. She'll never get to see Taylor Swift live. And, you know, um, how when Red came out, she got bullied and all of these people now love Taylor Swift. And like, it just was so, it was so, when she said she got bullied for being a Taylor Swift fan when Red came out, it like really hit me for some reason. I had this like adult, like sort of this like, maternal feeling where I was like, oh, honey, like I, you're right. I'm sure you did. Like, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's so sad how like society has, um, you know, made people, but especially women like openly expressing their feelings and or their grievances and, or like, they're just complicated emotions. Um, you know, I'm glad that the space has gotten better for that. Um, because I, yeah, I mean, it's really something that you have to just, that you have to look at through a historical lens. And I think sometimes the last, um, the last 15 years has felt like on fast forward for a lot of people. And especially for the younger generation, like they really, I think that if they travel back to the nineties in a time machine, they would fucking drop dead if they walked into a public high school. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's interesting. And I just have, a I have a lot of respect for her and, um, that's something that I, I was thinking about, you know, the last 24 hours is like how that guy threw that at me and how I internalized it and what that meant about him and what that means about me now as an, as an adult that like, it took a, you know, it took a whole lot of experiences for me to realize like exactly how fucked up it was that he said that. And, I, you know, if you're, if you're not working through a current heartbreak now, um, we all have resolution. I think that we need to do a little bit on our past sometime. And so, you know, I found that with this in that way, which is great. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I think that it, it, it shows like how much you've been able to like process that and 
I think that it's kind of funny, like, you know, how to your point, him saying, oh, you're just like Taylor Swift, how it may have been perceived as it was supposed to be perceived as an insult, right? Um, Whenever really Taylor Swift has been through so much and she has shared the happiness and the sadness and the pain with all of us in the public eye. And the fact that we can resonate to these experiences, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I mean, honestly, I think that she's just such a master at her craft and that it's funny because like, I I don't think I have like documented like people like explicitly like making fun of me, especially being a a boy Swifty, but it's, it's funny because I've been a Swifty at this point. I I'm not, I'm getting back into as deep that I was in, but back in 2017, whenever Taylor Swift came back to streaming, um, I, it's funny cause I pulled up this text and it's from J- June of 2017. And, uh, my friend asked me, Oh, did you, did anyone hear like Katy Perry's new album? And I'm like, no, Taylor Swift came back to streaming. So I've been playing catch up. And it's like, I think it's funny because the, the, the next album, what the next text in my thread was, Oh, you're listening to Taylor Swift. And I was like, yeah, loud and proud about it. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah. I, it, it's it's funny just like how sometimes people throw things out as an insult, but it's like, okay, I'm like Taylor Swift. Thank you. Like, well, also, it's just such like a warning shot because I I feel like at this point, if like your opinion hasn't evolved past, you know, popular media's opinion of someone you know, eight years ago, basically, because you have to remember Taylor was single a lot. Like people are holding the fact that she became successful at 16 against her because she's really only had five relationships that she's speculated to have written about in the past. And she started at 16. So are you going to hold like a 16 year old a, you know, are you going to hold relationships not working out against a 16 year old, against a 17 year old? Like, I hate the idea that, like, oh, well, you know, she's upset about all these relationships. Who's the common denominator? It's like, you know, listen, like, I guess if that's the case with Taylor, then I'm the biggest whore on the block and I should pass away. Like, I mean, truthfully, like, uh, I've had way more than five boyfriends in my life that, you know, and especially ones that I have borrowed from creatively or interpreted some of their stuff into my work. Like that's just natural. Like every TV show you see where there's a couple's fight, that's almost always ripped from the real life of one of the writers on the show. Like any plot point you see, it's like always, you know, at least at the very least informed by, and most of the jokes or, or lines are, especially in rooms that like do collaborative writing those jokes and those lines are informed by their real experiences and you just don't see them individually, you know, getting in trouble for, you know, something that they said that contributed to something. I mean, it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane. And yeah, you know, if, if you can't like evolve your opinion on Taylor Swift, that just says like a lot about your emotional and intellectual capacity. You don't even have to like her, but you have to realize after all of this to be running with the same plot line about her that you heard on some shock jock radio show um, is insane. I mean, Billy Joel calls her the new Beatles, you know, that's like, this is 
you have to accept that she really is one of the biggest artists of our time and you cannot simplify her existence or her catalog by saying that she's a, you know, an angry chick who is bitter and writes about her exes. It's like really fucked up. Part of my language. Yep. I I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like that was like almost like a mic drop moment. Like I, I, I can't speak in paragraphs. That. I'm so sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I mean, I listen in paragraphs. So um, you're the best. Yeah. I love you. Um, yeah, sorry. Sorry, but uh, for taking over the show. But no, yeah, this was uh, like, so thank you so much for having me on. And I'm going to try that a lot day, baby. Yes, please do. And um, yes, thank you for coming on the show. I just, I, I think this album is really just, you know, it's inviting so many more people to the T-Swift community, to the Swifty community. And I'm just so excited to look back at this episode and la- uh, the episode from a couple days ago and just see like where our predictions went right or where they went wrong and what signs that's we might have been part. able to see. And see, that's the best part of this culture is that everyone's like, those theories were for nothing. No, they weren't. They, we did them because they were fun. And when they don't work out, it's funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I, I think whenever Mackie and I were talking about like what we were expecting from the interviews and all that jazz, I speculated maybe she was going to be announcing that she was touring. Um, and right. There That's was people, I did too. people on TikTok were speculating that she was going to do something in New York, or I think it was all over Reddit. And obviously she did. She had the all too well um, film premiere, which unfortunately I was very busy with work or else I would have attempted to go. Um, but nonetheless, next time. <laughs> I think I think you're I think you're good, babe. Like your 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 um your theories are perfect for me. Thank you, and yours for me. Even if they and again, don't apologize for them, listeners. If you see one of her theories, listen, <laughs> I, I support it. I support it. You know, <laughs> I just thought, I, listen. I will say that one time, like Tay Tay's beard wrote a piece about me, and I. Um, because they thought I had some sort of like insider knowledge because I made some stupid fucking joke about Carly Kloss not being married to Jared Kushner or whatever. No, what's Josh Kushner? Um, and like next thing I knew, all the Gaylor blogs were buzzing about me and I was like fucking mortified because I'm like, I don't have inside information. I'm just a freak on the internet. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> I oh always think I have to like drop my verified check somehow so I can go under the radar because knowing that I show up in other verified people's tabs is like uh, something that I still can't process. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Never a ghost on the internet at this point, huh? Especially not when you have that big blue check mark telling on you. On the bright side, your your TikTok, you're able to fly a little bit beneath the radar, huh? <laughs> oh, completely, completely. Like no one knows, no one knows it's me. Um, but yeah, I I I love you. Thank you for having me on, babe. This was so much fun. I had so much fun, and to the listeners. Uh, make sure that you are telling your friends about us at Make It Cute. We would love to have some more people listening to us and being able to engage in this community and take part of these really awesome conversations. 
And if you need anything from us, we're at Make It Cute Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We have an email, Make It Cute Pod at gmail.com if you feel really formal. Um, Molly's handle is at Molls, M O L L S, um, if you want to give her a follow. And yeah, also uh, listen to her podcast, Mother May I Sleep With, and Trend Lightly, which again, just. All it's your- all things that are trending online or things that should be trending online. We go really like niche. We find a lot. Of, it's just funny and silly. And like my co-host Tiffany is incredible and she's British and sounds so much smarter than me. And I think she actually might even be smarter than me. So I'm very thankful to have her on. So yeah, this, it's great. I think you guys will like trend lightly. Yes, absolutely. Go check it out. And for the make it cute listeners, I will see you guys next week back to our normal schedule. Until then, bye. Bye, cuties.